As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. Welcome to Killer Queens. Two queens. Hello, two queens. <laughs> Rage and Cage here. <laughs> um, if you've never been here before, welcome for the first time. We're just chatty in here. Just chatty Cathy's. Yeah. You're if just... you have been here before, I'm going to cut you off and here's yeah. why. Yeah. Because if you have been here before, welcome back. <laughs> We just already said that. I wanted to say it again. Oh, okay. But if you haven't been here before, welcome. And we're just going to be chatting away. Yep. Just like you're hanging out with friends. Just regular stuff in here. Yes. Before we jump into today's case, just a quick reminder that uh, the Patreon is off the chain. I'm so glad we're saying that now. I know, me too. And uh, we've got Don't Fuck With Cats. We've got Family Man, Family Murderer in there. And the next one we're going to do um, at the $10 level is going to be... The Confession Murder. Or Confession Killer. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of it at all. Confession Killer. The Confession Killer, yes. It's going to be pretty Rufus. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I went there. I said right. it. You sure did. So make sure you are joining us in there at some level. I mean, even at $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every month. So there's something for everyone in there. Definitely check it out. All right, here we go. Today we're going to be doing the case of Kathy Wangler. A mysterious death, which is still hotly debated. Mm. I'll say it that mm -hmm. way. I like yeah. it. So thank you to Sarah Clanky for requesting it. Yay. Yay. Hey, girl, thanks. All right. Sunday, September 3rd, 2006 was Labor Day weekend, and it was coming to an end. It was like three quarters of the way through, I would say. Okay. Really? Yeah. And this is in Lima, Ohio. Dr. Mark Wangler, who was 51 years old, and his wife, Kathy, who was 48 years old, went to church together that morning. And early the next morning, so Monday morning around 5 a.m., in their home on Yorkshire Drive, Mark was awakened by the carbon monoxide alarm blaring from their basement. Side note, I don't think we have one of those in this case. Every time I hear a case of, like, fire or carbon monoxide, I'm like, we really need to get those. I'm going to have to report you to some, up to some authority. Well, here's the problem. Anytime they run out of batteries, it happens at three in the morning and oh, yeah. it like scares the dogs and the kids wake up. So Andrew bumbles around till he figures out which one it is and just pulls the thing out of the wall. And then we'll, we're like, we'll get one later. And then flash forward six years and you just don't have one. And now we have none left because we've pulled them all out of the walls. 
It's very unsafe over here. Yes. I'm scared for you guys. Yeah. So he goes upstairs to check on his wife. They are not sleeping in the same room. We'll get into that. Mark found her unresponsive and in the middle of a seizure. And at 5.17 a.m., he called 911 and started CPR. So Mark tells the 911 operator that the carbon monoxide detector had gone off. I guess it's maybe it makes a different sound than a fire alarm. How would you know? That's what I'm wondering. How do you know? So I'm guessing maybe it would make a different one. I don't know what any of our alarms are. I only know chirping when it happens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the worst. And it only happens in the middle of the night. Always. It cannot happen during the day. He tells the 911 operator that the carbon monoxide detector is going off and his wife was having a seizure. He told her that he was going to start doing CPR and then... A little while into it, he says, like, you can hear him counting. And then he's like, she's not coming around. She's not coming around. And they tell her to just keep or tell him to keep doing CPR. So the EMTs get there. They bring her to the hospital and she's pronounced dead at 554 a.m. So pay attention to the times here. 517 is when he calls. 554 is when she's pronounced dead at the hospital. Okay. So their sons, Nathan and Aaron, rushed home from college to be with their father and the rest of their extended family. At that time, there was no reason to suspect anyone of foul play, and no one was named as a suspect in Kathy's death. It would be three years before Mark Wengler would become the focus of a murder investigation. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so now let's go back, though. Okay. Okay. So Kathy Wengler was born Kathy Schlarman, I think. I don't think it's Sklarman. I think it's Schlarman. She was the oldest daughter in a close family with five children. Her mom was a nurse and her dad was a farmer. And Kathy's friends and family described her as bubbly, outgoing, really fun. Um, Whereas Mark was described as more like an introvert, kind of socially awkward. He even calls himself that. Um, They're kind of like opposites. And his son Aaron is like, you know how... You know, people say opposites attract and like she was more bubbly and kind of brought a little bit more out of him. He was more introverted. So they balanced each other out really well. And then the two boys, Nathan and Aaron, Aaron was like his mom. He's very outgoing, talkative. Nathan is more like Mark. Very He's introverted. Like, I'm kind of more introverted and, you know, kind of thing. So but they all were like. It made for great family life. We all balance each other out. It was... But you can't have too many people that are so bubbly and outgoing. Right. You know? It's it's competing and honestly obnoxious. It can, it can be too much. Right. Or two people who don't ever talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like, then what do you do? Right. You yeah. just send each other emails back exactly. and forth. <laughs> Turn the dishwasher on. <laughs> so... Best, your wife. <laughs> See you next week. So they met in high school. Kathy was 15. Mark was like 17, 18. They're about like two and a half, three years apart. So Kathy's grandparents at that time were like, um, so I watched a couple things on this. I watched a 48 hours thing. And then I watched this thing called Till Death Do Us Part. While You Were Sleeping is the name of the episode, which Tori thought I ordered the movie While You Were Sleeping. With the little Sandy Bullock and Bill Pullman. Mm. Yeah. Excellent movie. I own it. So I was like, why are you paying for this? But really, it was something completely different. Yeah. With a much more sinister tone. So Kathy's grandparents were elderly then, they said. And Mark had been hired by them to do some like work, like handyman kind of stuff. 
so Kathy started getting to know him that way. And then they started dating and then they got married when Kathy was 18 and he was 21. So they were super young and super young. It's super duper young. (laughs) Um, They were both really religious. They were always very active in their church. And as they got older and like further into their marriage, they just kind of got more into that. So they were always involved in their church life. And Kathy worked to put Mark through med school as per usual, not trying to whatever, but as per usual. It happens. Um, It's like, okay, you can work while I'm in school and then I will work. But you're also. You do all the work of raising the kids. Right. Which is like a lot of work. Plus, maybe also still working because now you got to pay off school loans. Right. And things like that. And then I don't know, maybe I'm going to meet a 20 year old and leave you that's not didn't happen in this case but i've seen it straight pisses me off it happens under the tuscan sun Ah. yes there you go so in her 30s once he was like well established and all that kind of stuff and the boys were a little bit older they were in school she went back to ohio state university and got her business degree So he was an anesthesiologist and he was considered to be an excellent doctor. Everybody, he was like well established in the community. You know, they're like living this doctor and doctor's wife life. Doctor and Mrs. Yeah. Doctor and Mrs. Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, they're, she, Kathy would put together like um, fundraising events. Like anytime they had an event at the hospital that he worked at or whatever. She really enjoyed doing the social aspect of it. She got to be friends with the other doctor's wives and stuff like that. Um, But she did want to get her own degree. She didn't have a degree, so she went back and got it. And one of Kathy's friends, uh, her name is Sherry, in Till Death Do His Part, said that at Kathy's graduation party, Mark made a point to go around the room and say to everyone, basically like, hey, thank you for coming. Um, She's never going to use this degree. So, whoa. The comments about Mark are super divided because they also interview his sister and brother-in-law. And, of course, they kind of have more negative things to say about the marriage and about the treatment of the spouse on Kathy's side. You know, so it's like all Kathy's friends kind of think Mark is a jerk. And all of Mark's friends think that Kathy's a little jerky. Yeah. 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 They kind of and, and to be honest and clear, they both were not nice to each other. As the marriage went on. Right. The detective says it. They both were kind of out to hurt each other by the end. They didn't. I don't think they liked each other anymore. Um, I really don't know if they loved each other anymore, but it was getting rough. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. So um, but that's what that's what Sherry said that he went around and told everybody. And she was like, yeah, that's really hateful. Like she worked hard to get that. It was important to her. And whether or not it's necessary for women to be educated, which it is not. Right. Um, I think that that was really stepping on. It was really like poking a hole in her balloon, you know, like really letting the air out of her tires there. Yeah. It's rude. I mean, unless they had sat down and talked about it and she'd said, I want to get this degree. I have no intentions of ever using it, but it would just make me feel better. Kind of like you going to bartending school. I had intentions of using it. You're just never saying, let me live that. I'm shit just down. saying. I'll tell you what. I am well educated. I have taken many a course. Have you used any of them? Many a thing. <laughs> Not yet, <laughs> but I think one day I will. I'm getting around to <laughs> it. Getting, I haven't had a chance. <laughs> 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, um, you know, unless she was like, I just want to have that piece of paper, you know, I want to have that. That's important to me, but I really want to focus on homemaking. Even if they had had that conversation, if he'd walked around and been like, I'm so proud of her for doing this. This was important to her. She may not go back to work. And even if she doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. Right. That could have been a cooler way to say it. I don't think that's how it happened. But, you know, so. Hi, I'm Kathy's husband. And. Uh, she wasted all our money on this. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we kind of mentioned they had two sons. So I don't know if because at that point the boys were older, but they had not gone off to college yet. So, you know, I feel like the only way that that, like we said, could have been made like maybe not so disparaging as if he was like, well, I know she still wants to stay home and like be there for the boys, you know, kind of thing. And everybody said that being a mother was the most important thing to her. That was like her priority. That was the biggest thing for her. Um, They said she was just a super, super dedicated mother. And Aaron said that both of his parents were very loving parents who were always a team and always supportive of their children. So, you know, I don't know. But I mean, you always put your parent. Typically, you put your parents on a pedestal, right? I mean, typically. Yeah. Yeah. They can't do much wrong. They're superheroes. So typically, typically, especially at that age. Right. Sometimes. Yes. Yes. It has happened. I'm just saying you choose to believe in like Mother's Day as a holiday that you might typically think (laughs) that your parents were good people. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So in the beginning of the marriage, Mark and Kathy seemed very happy. Things seemed to be going well. Um, but as time went on, that kind of gradually slipped away. There is an allegation that Kathy was caught with another man in the house one day when Mark came home. So the Ooh. boys were at school. I guess Mark came home because he was an anesthesiologist. So he would get paged and have to go into the hospital, sometimes like not on necessarily a shift. He was on call. So he may be coming and going. Rather than, I know he's going to get home at this time every day. So he said that he came home and she had another guy there. And he caught them in some sort of an act. And immediately he was like, I don't want everybody to know about this. This should just be between us. But let's get into counseling. So they went to counseling. And Kathy told her friend Sherry that they were going to counseling. But Sherry says... If Kathy had been having an affair, I was her closest friend. I would have known. And Kathy and Sherry met when Kathy went back to school. They didn't know each other before that. But she said through that, they got to be really close. And so she does not believe that Kathy ever had an affair. 
Hmm. But she's like, because she would have told me. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she would or not. You know, That's not like fact. I mean, you know. Yeah. So, but she did tell her that they were going to counseling. And she told Sherry that the counselor seemed to be basically like all about Mark and thinking that he was, I don't know, this good guy involved in church, a doctor, um, could do no wrong, and that he'd already told her negative stuff about Kathy. And so when Kathy went in there, that she was already, like, portrayed in a negative light. That's not fair. And she didn't feel like she could get anywhere with it. Yeah. He, so this counselor's super biased, clearly kind of team Mark. And then Kathy has to go in there and automatically, like, defend herself and not have anybody in her corner at all. Yeah. That's what she told Sherry. Yeah. Now, Mark's sister and brother-in-law say that Kathy was not receptive to counseling. She didn't want to go. And so she went once or twice and said, I'm not the one with the problem. You need to fix Mark. Call me when it's done. Kind of thing. Maybe she, yeah, maybe she was just checked out completely, you know, like she's just done. <laughs> maybe. It's just, it's, this is one of those cases that it's, it's so very like, over here, these people say this, over here, these people say that. Well, and I'm sure that each side 100% believes what they are saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think they do. So it's... They're not lying. Yeah. And in a in a bad marriage, in an unhealthy marriage, you're going to get the one person's side of it, typically. And that side of it is never going to tell you the good stuff. I mean, honestly, it's, it's sad. It's the way our culture is. It's like that with um, reviews and shit. Like, you have to beg somebody, if you had a good experience somewhere... To leave a good review or whatever it is. But you better believe if somebody fucked your order up, you're going to go online and you're going to post it in like four different areas. And then you're going to like tag everybody you know in it and make sure everybody you've ever met has heard what a horrible experience you had and never go there. But you tend to forget the good experiences you have. Exactly. You know, kind of thing. So, well, and that being said, Terrell, are you going to leave a good review for our lunch that we just had? Because our server was great. He was fantastic. Um, no, I'm not going to leave him a good review, though. <laughs> Um, I don't have time for that shit. Oh my god. Um, so you know, it's let's let's go in the middle and say that we know for a fact they went to counseling. Both sides say they did go to counseling. Maybe a little bit of both is true. Maybe maybe Kathy perceived that it was Team Mark. Maybe it was. You know, like I don't know. There's just no way to know. Yeah. Um, but I think there's probably a little truth and. Each side is going to be slanted because of whose side they're on. Right. When the boys went away to college, Kathy found herself lonely and unhappy. And she and Mark drifted further apart. And by 2006, when she passed away, they were sleeping in separate rooms. Mark claimed that it was they were sleeping in separate rooms because Kathy had gained weight over the years and was snoring really, really bad. And so they ended up sleeping in separate rooms because he had to get up for work in the morning, early in the mornings. And she was a night owl. So that way he could get up and not bother her. She could come to bed when she needed to. And he could sleep all night because she wouldn't be snoring so loud. So and she did, I guess, over the course of I don't remember how many years it was once she started gaining weight. By the time she passed away, I think he said she had gained like 80 pounds, maybe. Oh, wow. So he he did say it was a considerable amount um, and he felt like it contributed to her snoring. Like the image of the boys going away to college reminds me of um, the out of towners when she Oh, there's too much food. <laughs> she puts all the food on the table and, like, there's nobody to eat it except for her and her yes. husband. <laughs> She's so sad. Um, 
But according to Mark's sister and brother-in-law and Aaron, Kathy may have been suffering from a condition like bipolar disorder or depression kind of during that time frame. And Aaron said that Mark had asked Kathy to be seen by a doctor and explore this possibility several times, but she didn't want to go. And I kind of, I have a hard time with that because it's like, you know, the sister and brother-in-law are like, you know, sometimes she'd call and she'd be in a great mood and she'd have a lot to say. And then some days she would call and it would be like she wouldn't have anything to say and she'd be sad. And so I thought maybe she's like got bipolar. Maybe she's just feeling some feelings, though. Like, yeah. Why do we automatically go there? Yeah. And like, if you are, I don't know, there's there's a lot of. We'll uh, we'll go through it a little bit more, but throughout the years, you know, Kathy's friends and family believe that Mark became verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, made her feel badly about herself, like all these things. So it may not be that you've, I don't know, I'm just like, okay, your kids go away, you have a hard time going through a life change, that doesn't mean you're bipolar. Nothing wrong with being bipolar, it's just, I feel like women get that so much more. Oh, well, she had a good day yesterday and a bad day today. Must be bipolar. I had a good, well, it was bad, then good, then bad all yesterday. It was three days in one. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I today sucks. I don't like it. And then somewhere in the middle, I was like, I'm, a, I'm having a really good day. Like, I'm on top of shit. And then at the end of the day, I started crying. Yeah. Yeah. I can have as many as six impossible emotions before 8 a.m. or, you know, whatever the thing is. Like, exactly. I feel like it's just not fair to be like, well, she's she's not happy all unbalanced. the time. There's got to be something. Yeah. yeah. Or imbalance. There's an imbalance there or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. No, maybe I'm just feeling some feelings. Yeah. And if her husband is emotionally and verbally abusive, um, maybe she's fucking sick of it. Yeah. Maybe she's starting to give him some tood back. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So even through all of that, um, Mark said they never discussed separation. They never discussed divorce. And they were in counseling at the time that she passed away. But like her friends don't talk about it that way. They say that she would say stuff like, you know, I've got my car. I have I have stuff in my car. I have some money with me if I ever needed to leave. Oh, like. It's almost like she either she didn't tell Mark Mark's in denial or he's just straight lying. Right. But it sounds like she talked to her friends about stuff, possibly leaving, you know, maybe squirreling away some money kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark was super frustrated and upset about Kathy's housekeeping 
or basically her lack thereof. And if you see photos of their house, it looks like hoarders. I mean, it's pretty bad. So I think to him, he's like, you're home. This is the thing that you are doing. Um, But the house is a wreck. And not only that, she was racking up a lot of money on credit cards. I think her son said it was somewhere in the neighborhood of $80,000 out on credit cards. And the detective said she had an ungodly amount of credit cards. And he was like, I'm not talking she had a couple here and there. She had 50 or 60 credit cards. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So she got to where she was spending a lot of money. And right around that time, she had opened her own bank account and transferred $16,000 from their joint account into the secret personal account, which to me corroborates what her friend Sherry was saying, that she had that money. She could she could get away if she needed to. So it seemed like she was trying to plan her escape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kathy's sister, Joanne, said that she was really disturbed one time when she saw Mark and Kathy get into a, quote, wrestling match over a checkbook. Oh, and Joanne said that when they stopped fighting, Mark said, this is no way to run a marriage. And Joanne said she was literally shaking. She was so upset having watched this. And she was like, I don't know why, but I asked Kathy if she was like safe there in her home. And she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, everything's fine. and. Kathy had later told one of her sisters that her marriage had hit totally rock bottom, like it was all the way down. She said that one day she would sit her down and tell her everything. And then, unfortunately, she passed away before that happened. So her sisters didn't get all of the full details, but they had seen, you know, a few things and they were kind of thinking that it wasn't it wasn't going good and that maybe Kathy was getting ready to leave. Kathy's mom, Sarah, told 48 Hours that Mark had made some uh, upsetting comments to her that blamed Kathy for the troubles in the marriage. Sarah said that about a year before Kathy died, Mark said, I want to tell you one thing. Your daughter is a monster. Sarah asked him how Kathy was a monster. And he said, well, she doesn't do what I tell her to do. Whoa. And Sarah was like, "Mm, that makes her a monster. Sounds a little bit different than a marriage. Sounds a little bit more like a dictator. Hatership. Yeah. And and choosing the words, this is no way to run a marriage. Yeah, that was interesting to me too. Yeah. Um, what about like be equal partners in a marriage? Right. Like, and I mean, yeah, maybe her dream in life was to be a mother, but maybe that's not maybe she was feeling a little Reba McIntyre as their life out there. And she was like, I want to go do something else. But he's like, um, no, your place is to be here yeah. to keep house. Let me tell you something. I'm sure being an anesthesiologist is difficult. Being a mom is harder. Yes. Like, sorry, not sorry. It's harder. No, like, I know. I've got two dogs, so I get it. Just get But it. I mean, it's like there's another thing about working in the home or like being the homemaker and all that kind of stuff is that you never are off work. Mm-mm. You're always at work. <laughs> See, and that's why I feel like in the 1950s or 60s or whenever... They had the right idea because all of the ladies, like you had friends who were homemakers as well, and y'all would all just like go over to each other's houses with your kids and they would just play. And then you would like play bridge or like gin rummy and have cocktails at fucking three o'clock in the afternoon. And that sounds like a great time to me. It does. But then also it's like you're busting your ass all day and you have to get up and make sure your hair is curled. 
all oh. your shit's ironed. Yeah, you have to actually you have, have your makeup perfect. on before your husband gets up out of bed so uh-huh. he doesn't know that you don't wear makeup. Exactly. Like, no, this is how I wake up. Every Just single morning. Stay up late. It's like, uh, I know you haven't watched it, but um, that Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, she does that, where she, like, stays up late and she'll lay in bed, but then she'll wait for her husband to fall asleep and she can hear him snoring and she gets up and hurries up and, like, takes all her makeup off and puts on her cold cream and stuff and then she lays down and then she, like, cracks her window just enough to where the sunlight will hit her in the eyes before he wakes up. So then that's when she wakes up and she puts on her makeup and does her hair and everything. And then she lays down and she's like, like on bridesmaids where she's yeah. like trying to make it look like effortless. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. That's gotta be like intense pressure. Right. <laughs> God. Yeah. I look like a sea monster 90% of the time. Andrew you look like knows. one now. Exactly what I look I'm like. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you're always at work and then you have to... You've busted your ass all day doing the ironing and all the shit. And then your husband gets home and you're like, sit down, honey. Dinner's ready. Yeah. You want me to rub your feet? Don't get up. Don't even look at the kids. After dinner. They don't need anything. I'm going to do everything for you. Kids, leave your father alone. He's very tired. He's had a rough day. Yeah. And that guy gets to have a sick day. Moms don't. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. 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 Anyway. So I feel like um, if Mark was saying things that like, she didn't work hard or whatever. Um, now, towards the end there, $80,000 in credit card debt in the house is a total wreck. That's pretty bad. What did she spend the money on? I don't... Jewelry, trips. There was, like, all kinds of stuff. She was, like... It just got really bad. Now, that, to me, could be a sign of some depression or something. Something's going on because you're using that as probably therapeutic or, you know right. what I'm saying? like Fill the void somewhere yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, It's... it's it's an addiction. It's like self-medication. Yes, yeah, self-medication. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Everybody or people can have, you know, it can be anything. It can be shopping like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's very different than saying, we've got plenty of money. I went out to town today and I picked up a purse or whatever. Whatever it is, you know. I go shopping often versus I dropped. By the time Mark found out about the debt, they were 60 grand deep in credit card debt. And he didn't know it. That hurts my stomach. I mean, that's stressful. Yeah. That's stressful. Does that give him a motive for murder? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, yeah. you have to look at everything. Exactly. Um. So her mom, because, you know, he said she doesn't do what I tell her to do. There's some things like I'm trying to be really diplomatic here, but like there's some things that I'm just like, the fuck did you just say? <laughs> like, I'm trying not to get too pissed and then also take it out on my husband later when he comes home and be like. You fucking do the dishes, bitch. Like, I don't know. It's just like sometimes when men, when I hear something like that, like a man upsets me, I all men project are the enemy. that onto my husband too. Yeah. Yes, and I'm like, don't ask me how I did today. Whatever, like you know. <laughs> but um, but her mom was like, okay, that troubled me. I didn't like that. It didn't sound very good. You know, that's that doesn't does that make somebody a monster because they're not following everything that you're telling them? Um. And she said, well, maybe you guys need to get a divorce then because um, it's it doesn't seem to be going well. And he's like, well, I can't do that because I know other doctors who have gotten divorces and it ended up costing them a ton of money. It's always about the money, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and I mean, that debt would probably be divided between the two of them, too. So, yeah, that's true. Or he'd have to take it all on. Yeah, exactly. The, the working party. Yeah. Yeah. So. Even though they weren't happy, Kathy was no more eager to get a divorce than Mark. 
it wasn't because she was still in love with him and didn't want to leave him. She was worried about money, too, because what she told her friend Sherry was if she left, that Mark would cut the boys off. And her friend was like, well, that's fine because they're grown up like they're 23 and whatever. Like they can get jobs if they want. And she's like, no, no, no. He'll cut the boys off. But she also told her friend Sherry. Actually, I don't know who she told about the boys, but I know that she told Sherry that she felt like she couldn't leave because she wasn't working. So all of her money depended on Mark. And she was worried that she'd have nothing. She'd put him through school and all this stuff. So she was like, I'm just going to have to stick it out, basically, because I'm completely financially dependent on this man. I have a degree, but I've not gone back to work. And we know from the show Younger that once you've put your career on hold so that your husband can live his professional dreams and you can raise your children, that you go back into the workforce and people are like, oh, I'm sorry. You know how to use a computer? Uh, You're not qualified. Have you ever heard of Twitter? (laughs) I don't know how to use Twitter. Nobody does. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Just we don't. Like, I finally got a Twitter because people were like, you guys need to have a Twitter. And I got one and I think I did one post and then I was like, fuck this. I don't get it. I'm not using this. I think I was using Facebook years and years and years ago, like 10, 12 years ago. The way that you're supposed to use Twitter and it didn't work for me in on Facebook, and I'm sure it won't work for me on Twitter. So I was tweeting my twit buds a lot, and I didn't have any twit buds. It was yeah, just a yeah, whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Andrew got one for a very short time when we were super into The Walking Dead, and he would just, we'd be watching it, and he's like feverishly on his phone. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm telling my twit buds about this. Like, he would get on there and tweet about Walking Dead and just like tag our friends who we literally saw every weekend. And I'm like, you can just tell them just in tell person them. Yeah. or text them. And he's like, yeah, I talked to my twit buds about this. I love this it. crazy. <laughs> and he's n- literally never tweeted again since then. Hmm. I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, it's hard to get back into the workforce when you've not been in it for a while. Totally. And you get, you're punished. For- yeah, you're only punished for it. Even if you're eager and willing to learn. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. But it's that whole thing like you could be underqualified and you'd be overqualified. But can you ever just be qualified? I don't think you can. Not if you're a woman. Maybe in Europe. Maybe you can in Europe. Yeah. Okay. Um, Overseas people, let us know. Can you ever be just qualified? (laughs) Because, yeah, I've been both of those things, and I have a hard time being just regular qualified. Right. I'm like, but I know how to do stuff. And they're like, yeah, well, but you have kids, so aren't you going to have to take off when they're sick? And I'm like, well, yeah. And that's the thing. Men don't have to deal with that. Women do. No, they don't. And that's the other thing is we're not trying to... It sounds like we're bashing men. I know. In the last episode, I said I'm not a man hater. I don't know. Maybe I am. But like, (laughs) no, just think about Brock. Oh, he was so great. I know. Our server. Brock would never do that. He would to his wife. Yeah. So anybody out there, if you need a man, you should you should check out Brock. I think he's (laughs) great. Um, But I've listened to like, you know, podcasts and interviews with, you know, women entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And they'll say, you know, people always ask me, how do I balance? work and family and she's like nobody's ever asked my husband that before not one time has anybody ever asked my husband how do you balance that because he's never men are not normally expected yeah they don't have to balance and then in the rare occasion where it's like maybe just a single dad or something then i'm sure that comes up because they know that Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely not all men it's just kind of the societal 
norm, norm a little bit. And and Mark was no different. He was an anesthesiologist. I get that that's demanding, but they said that he would, you know, work these long hours, 12-hour shifts. He'd come home exhausted. When he's home, he's sleeping. So it was like Kathy and the boys and then Mark. So what do you think is going to happen with that when the boys go to college? They now have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. They don't know each other anymore. Yeah. And they don't like each other. Yeah, there's this huge divide. Yeah. There's resentment building. There's all kinds of stuff. They're not doing anything together. They're not working together in any way. They're not a team, really. Right. Like, I know Aaron felt like they were. But as a kid, you probably do because you think everything got done. You know, we would they have memories of going camping on camping trips, you know, the whole family and stuff like that. I'm sure some of that stuff happened. But if you look at a day to day basis, that's hard, mm-hmm. especially if and and I'm sure it's it's a cycle because it got to where they said that Mark, like on his nights and weekends free, he would go fishing by himself. He would go. He would go off and do stuff by himself. Why? I mean, I I guess I get if you don't really want to hang out with your spouse that much, if you guys aren't getting along or whatever, but that seems like that's punishing the children, too. Yeah. To just go off and do something by yourself, especially having boys and he's a father. Like, you'd think they'd be like, I want to hang out with dad or I want to go fishing, too. Yeah, it can be for everybody. And, like, I don't know. That's punishing his kids, but it's also punishing himself. Like, now he has no relationship with his kids. I don't, I don't know, but they seem to have a really great relationship now, so I, guess I don't know. Maybe matter. his kids are just really resilient. I guess kids are resilient. They can. Know. Yeah, I mean, they are. It's just, you would just yeah. think at an, at an older age, if you see that. Right, yeah. It's, it is just sad. I mean, there's definitely, like, the marriage was in a bad state for a long, long time. Like, he got into this cycle where he pretty much, and he's already introverted, I guess, but he pretty much just withdrew into himself. Kathy and the boys did their thing. And then when they went to college, it was like, well, now what do we do? Because I'm not friends with you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, we haven't hung out in a long time. Like, I don't even know what to talk to you about anymore. It's sad. Very sad. Through the summer of 2006, their marriage continued to deteriorate. And in March of 06, Sherry said that she was out to lunch or dinner with Kathy. I can't remember which. And Kathy got a phone call and she said that whoever was on the other line was telling her something and her face just fell and she started sobbing. And she's like, what do you mean? What did you do with her? What did you do with her? And she got off the phone and then Sherry is like, Kathy, what is going on? And she's like, Mark had my dog euthanized today. And he didn't even bring her home. And Sherry was like, she was devastated. Like, I wish I had more information about this. Like, did he do it to be mean? I mean, that's fucking hateful. Well, okay. Was the dog 14 years old and in pain and something happened and then he had to bring it to the vet and they had to put it down? But, okay, maybe, possibly, hopefully that's the situation because the dog was euthanized no matter what. But... Why wouldn't he include her in a conversation where she's like, oh, you know, because obviously he's got contact with her. Right. It's a cell phone era, right? Yeah. Yeah. If something happened and you're going to the vet and they're saying, I think we're going to have to put the dog down. You call Kathy and you say, hey, Kathy, I think you should come here. Yeah. They're going to have to put your dog down. Do you want to our dog down? Yeah. Yeah. You let someone know at the very, very least. Yeah. Yeah, I would be really upset. Sure. Well, that's really, really terrible. Yeah, that's horrible. So, 
you know, that goes into the whole mental abuse, too, because that's 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 him saying you have no choices. You have no say. Your opinion is not important here. Right. I don't know how else you could take that. Right. You know, like, because, yeah, it's not like Kathy was um, out of town Mm -hmm. and she could not be there at all. So it just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's control. Yes, it's control. So according to friends, Kathy said that her husband was out to destroy her financially, emotionally, psychologically, in the community, and in their church. Okay, all of them, maybe. Financially, I don't know. She might have done that a little bit on her own. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that's that's a fact. Like, let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money to be in debt. <laughs> And blaming and not, someone else. And not tell somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, maybe you don't like each other. And maybe he's done some stuff to you that's not okay. But that's not a $100 purchase we didn't talk about. Right. And I feel like it's something that if you guys are going to, you might not love each other. But if you're going to stick in this and have it be kind of like a business arrangement. Right. You got to let someone know. Yeah. And that's why I don't like that he said the words, this is no way to run a marriage. But I do wonder if they had gotten to that place by then and were just like, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't like his choice of words at all. I don't like a lot of the other stuff he's done. Um, I do wonder if that's why he chose those words. I don't know. I also think he's pretty controlling, though. Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot of money. So and I'm not saying that if somebody's abusive to you. You shouldn't do anything about it. What I mean is to rack up $80,000 in credit card debt is probably not the most mature response to that. There's other ways to go about it. And you have to think about your children, too. You know, does that, um, that again, that's not $100 here or there. That's $80,000. Does that mean we can't afford to put our kids through college anymore? I mean, what does that mean? That's That's a lot. Right. So there's just a lot going on. But she really did feel like, she said that he was saying disparaging comments about her in the church, uh, it, around the community. You know, they're they're well known in the community, and he's saying all these negative things about her out in public. And it's just she felt like people were starting to get a negative opinion of her because of stuff he was saying. So during this time, at the counselor's request, Mark purchased a journal and started writing his feelings down. And he start. I mean, this was over a couple of years. I think he had tons of journals. Some of the things that he wrote down that came out in court were, Kathy thinks I am boring in bed. I feel rejected by Kathy. He, again, you know, he was deeply religious. um, So he wrote, Lord, I place our marriage on your altar. If you read the journals, now he did also say some things like, I feel like I'm going to explode. Sometimes I feel like I have rage about this or whatever. Um... The journals, though, now I didn't obviously read them all. I can't. Um, but what I saw in it, even his even his comments about like rage and I feel like it's getting to the point where I could explode it. It didn't sound like I'm going to murder her. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that that's not what he meant, but the way that he wrote it down was more like I'm hurting and I wish we could fix this. I don't know if this was something he turned into his counselor, like went over with them. Maybe he wanted to make it sound better. If it was something that was just private, um, maybe maybe he was hurt. Maybe he was responding in a negative way. Like, I don't I don't know. But it it didn't sound nefarious 
to me what I heard. Um, but he was writing a lot and he had tons of journals. They recovered a lot during the investigation. Kathy's friend Rodney recounted his last conversation with Kathy. So it was that Friday. So she, you know, passed away over the weekend. That Friday afternoon, he talked to her and he said, you know, they're saying bye on the phone. And so he's like, all right, take care of yourself. You know, he's like, that's a just generic thing people say, you know, take care of yourself, whatever. And she said, oh, I will. You have to when somebody's trying to destroy you. And I mean that literally. And he was like, whoa, just always so awkward and stuff like that. happens. like, I'm sure they're friends. So maybe it's whatever. But, you know, when you go into a restaurant and they're like, hey, how are you today? And you're like, oh, I'm good. How are you? Well, everything sucks and my life is terrible. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I was. Yeah, just. Just, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all I was trying to be there. polite. Yeah. I think they were pretty close. Um, so he knew a lot about the situation. Yeah, the situation. They had talked about stuff, but he said he was alarmed by that. You know, he's like, eh, I don't like that. Like, what do you mean he's trying to destroy you literally? Like, you know. And I think, I think the way he thought about it when they hung up the phone is like, okay, the marriage is not good. She's talked about him destroying her reputation and things mm. like that. But then two days later, she's dead. Yeah, that's. And then and then you bring back that comment and you say, I wish I'd paid more attention to that. Of course, it's it's nobody else's fault. But right. You you look at that and say, did she mean something that I didn't pick up on? Should I have asked more questions? Like, obviously, now she's dead. Right. So was there something else going on? Did she feel like she was in danger? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. All right. So cliffhanger. Mm hmm. Next week, we will get into the investigation and the trial, um, but we're going to we're going to pause it right here for you. Put a little pin in it. Yep. Put a pin in it. Now, if you have not joined the Patreon, then, you know, you can scooch on over there. Patreon.com slash Killer Queens pod and get it. All right. So we've got some more Patreon shout outs. These are people who are at the $7 level or higher. So these are some of our newer people. Thank you so much. Yes. Cynthia Rios. Kirsten Chase. Eight Henry. Bethany Holland. Christine. Barco Verrer. Verity. Janine White. Jenna Lee. Up. Oh, Holly Pichon. <laughs> Marianne Terzakis. Mariana Terzakis, Jessica, Nicole Pierce, Kayla Furman, Jenna Garrison, Jesse Tesh, Julianne Frazier, Sarah Parks, Heather Phillips, Megan Bish, Sam Spazito, <gasps> Bob Nelson, Woo-hoo! you're our wart, <laughs> Amber Granados, Michelle Labombard, Adorkable Sars, Jennifer Golden, Kate, Emily Thomas, Tracy Murphy, Taylor Lamaster, Sarah Hafer, Shannon, Kayleen De La Torre, Bristol, Amanda, oh jeez, just say T, Amanda T, <laughs> that way we don't butcher your name because we were both going to do it. It was on the way there. Yeah. And Shelby. Thank you guys so, Thank you. so much. We love you. We love each and every one of you and we appreciate the shit out of y'all. Mm-hmm. All of it. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.